Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Uh, You know, I'm often asked, what is the one book, the one book that that you read that changed your life and made an impact on your lives in the area of finance and business and work? And guess what book it was? It was the book of Proverbs. I started reading the book of Proverbs 32 years ago. My pastor, I, I knew that like I was just starting out in my job. I had no resources. I had no education. I had no experience. I had no contacts. And all I had was the book of Proverbs. And I began to read it and study it and apply it to my life. And the supernatural of God happened in my life. And so it was pretty cool. I, Janet, uh, Janet's been gone on uh, a missions trip for like, this is like eight days. We've never been apart for this long, right? And, you know, for two days it was okay, right? And then I started like day three, started talking to my dog, right? And I'm like, I think you understand me, but you cannot answer, right? And so um, this week I've just, um, and, and the series has been so good. I mean, I am so proud. Where are you, Pastor Steve? I am so proud of you. This series was so good. I read all, over, all your notes several times. So I, I went into my library and I found my original Bible. And look at it, like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to highlight it because it was new, so I just tabbed it everywhere, right? And so, uh, and then while I was doing that, I found the next Bible that uh, Janet got me. And when I, w- I was just like getting started in our business, and uh, it's the John Maxwell Leadership Bible. And I remember reading it every week and going like this, how could I apply it to my job? So our, our series is, as we continue the series, in God we trust. And every dollar bill, every piece of currency we have has this on it, in God we trust. But we find that we often trust in everything else. And, and the thesis is this, when we, put, when we put our trust in God and honor him first, he will pave the way for us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In the Amplified, it says, he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. And, uh, and Pastor Steve started the series and it, it was so good. I could tell Pastor Steve that you so immersed yourself into the word of God, into this. And, and it was on, on the mindset of money. And this is what I found is so many people have such a misconception of money. 
Just a misconception. You know, I hear people, they say this. They said, well, money is the root of all evil. And I'm like, that's a misconception. It's just the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is actually the root of all vacations. <laughs> the love of anything more than God is the root of all evil. In the Old Testament, it calls it an idol. Don't put anything in front of God. And so, um, and then Pastor Jude uh, spoke on first fruits, giving, all, giving off the top, giving what is best. And this doesn't only, uh, this is not only in our finances. Give God the best of your time. I don't know what your best time is. For me, it's first thing in the morning. That's my time I spend with the Lord. Some people, you might be a night owl. You know, you might, it might take you two or three hours to wake up. That might not be your best time. Find when your best time is and give it to God as a first fruit to him. I wake up in the morning. I get some coffee going. I get up earlier than most people. And, you know, like uh, Janet gets up at like the crack of seven. I, I've already been up for over two hours. But the, her best time is between eight and ten. That's her best time. And she gives that time to the Lord. I'm, I'm often asked the question, how can I be successful? Anyone who wants to be successful should follow God's principles for money. They must work hard. They must give sacrificially. They must be excellent at their job. And they have to take risk. We are in this risk-adverse culture. We have to take risk, but not before we've worked hard, we've been good with our money, we've been excellent, and we've been great stewards. Culture tells us a lot of things. Culture, don't let culture squeeze you into its mold, okay? So today you could listen to a podcast or read a book and it says, be a millionaire overnight. It's not true. <laughs> Someone said to me once, they were like, oh my gosh, you're like an overnight success. And I'm like, it was the longest night of my life. The world tells us, hey, you could learn Spanish in 24 hours. That's not possible. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes perseverance. Matthew 7, 13 in the message translation. And I want to tell you, first of all, this is, there's only one way to God and that's through Jesus. That's what this is talking about. But this is applicable to every area of our life, especially finances. Matthew 7, 13 in the message. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though the crowds of people do. We're talking about now working hard because working hard becomes a precursor to the supernatural of God. 
Proverbs 10.4, it says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Here's, here's what diligence means. It's having or showing care and conscientious, conscientiousness in one's work or duties. Proverbs 14.23, it says, all hard work brings a profit but mere talk leads to poverty. Let me give you my translation. More work, less talk. <laughs> you know, uh, at, at our first church, and, and Jan and I have only been at two churches, like we were at our first church for 18 and a half years, and, and this was uh, when, uh, when we were uh, young Christians. Um, so we would have like a church picnic, and every year during the summer, and I loved it, it was like a potluck, and those can be cool, um, or those can be, you know, like too much food or whatever, right? But um, we were having this church picnic, and my daughter was eight, and my son was nine, and Jen and I were like moving the tables, we're moving the chairs, we're helping set it up. Like I got, you know, three chairs under one arm, three chairs under another arm. My eight-year-old daughter is dragging a chair because she can't pick it up. And there's these two guys, and they're standing there, and they're watching all of us work. And I go like this to them. I go, hey, you guys want to help? And they're like this. They're all, hey, we're talking about the Lord. And, um, and of course, they said it in Christianese like this. We're talking about the Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, can't you talk about God and carry tables at the same time? Now, of course, these are the two broke guys that can't hold on to a job. And they're always complaining that God's not blessing them. Because this is what I told them. I go, how you do one thing is how you do everything. You know, I, I, I often hear this. Um, uh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Are you sure he's not waiting on you? You know, um, uh, after Jan and I first got married, she was, uh, she was a shampoo girl and assisting four busy hairstylists. Pastor Jude told a little bit of the story, but I want to give you some more t context of it. She got promoted to be a commission stylist. And she was really excited uh, that she had been promoted. I was slightly nervous because she was going from a guaranteed salary to being on commission. And we were barely, I mean barely able to make it. And so uh, the place that she was working promised that she would get all of the walk-in clients. So we were pretty comfortable that this was gonna work out. But what happened was the owner's daughter moved back from the East Coast back to Southern California and started working at the salon and they gave her every walk-in client. I remember Janet was just, she was frustrated, she was upset, and she said, you know, this is what I'm gonna do. That girl doesn't work on Monday, and most of the time, uh, hair salons are closed on Monday. I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna take the Mondays, and I'm just gonna believe God's gonna send me some walk-in clients. She took an extra day, but that's not all she did. She not only took an extra day, but every time a first client came in, she would give 100% of that to the Lord. Because she had heard a message on first fruits, 
oftentimes it was double our tithe. Those people that came in, they started bringing their whole families in. Her clients became her marketing team. She worked so hard at getting better. I remember, this is back in the time of VHS. I know you young people don't remember that, right? <laughs> right after Betamax, right before uh, like uh, DVDs, okay? Look it up in Wikipedia. She had these VHSs that she used to watch on how to do hair better. When we got enough money, we, she went and did extra classes. She just got better and better at what she does. I mean, she worked so hard at getting better. I mean, she was naturally good at it and still continued to work hard at getting better within 18 months. Within 18 months, she was busier than the four other girls that had a 10-year head start on her. God will make your path straight. He will take the crooked paths and make them straight. He will show you the quickest way to get from A to B. I wrote this down. It's one of my favorite quotes. Pray like it all depends on God. Work like it all depends on you. And then you mix the natural with the super, and then you become, get the supernatural of God. I love the, uh, um, the word avidah. You can look it up. It's really easy. I used to have like this big, huge concordance. It was like this big. Now you just go to your phone, and in five seconds, you can look it up, right? So this word is, um, it's actually the Hebrew word for work in the Hebrew, which is where the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew. So this word avidah means two things. It means work and worship. So this is what it is, is that your work is literally worship to God. And sometimes we don't look at our work that way. We look at it like this mundane thing that we have to do, but it's not. It's literally worship to God. Janet was so excellent at what she did. Proverbs 22, 29. It says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. The definition of excellence is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. As Christians, we have to be the best of the best. We should be. We have Jesus living inside of us. Hey, I might not have the most amount of education. I might not have the most amount of experience, but I have the greater one living on the inside of me. That's all I need. What are the young people? Work so hard that people notice you. Work so hard and so diligently that people notice you. Uh, the couple in front, I, I, I have a scripture for you. It's in Proverbs. It says, the blessings of the Lord add wealth, and he brings no sorrow to it. So we got to work hard. We have to be excellent. It becomes a uh, it becomes a draw to the supernatural of God in our lives. Next, we have to, um, we have to live wisely. 
I mean, we're in a culture right now that people just do, do not live wise. I saw somebody that, you know, I, or someone I know that he got like a $15,000 raise and I was like so happy for him. And um, I said, hey man, you should buy a house now. And this was like seven or eight years ago. And he, he had the opportunity to buy a house, but instead he bought a fancy new truck. And, and I, I mean, the truck looks cool, man. It was shiny. <laughs> His truck was nicer than my car. And I make 20 times more than him. I went over the numbers with him. I'm like, literally, that truck was your race. And he's like, no, I got 15,000 and my, my car payment's 800 a month. I go, your, your raise was 15,000 before tax. After tax, this is your raise. He had made now enough money to buy a house, but instead of buying a house, he bought a fancy truck. The house would have went up by triple over the last eight years. That truck has gone down in value by probably nothing now. We have to live wise. If we live wise, we can give wise. If you live well, you position yourself to give well. James 3.13 and 14 in the, um, in the message, it says, do you want to be counted wise? Is there anyone here that wants to be counted wise? Do you want to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. So I, I want to put a link up to, this is a message that I did last year, if you could put it up for me. Um, this is, money is a very broad subject. Finances are a very broad subject. Sometimes people ask me to teach on real estate. I'm like, what part? Commercial, industrial, residential? Are you going to be on the broker side? I mean, there's a hundred things in real estate, right? And the same thing with finances. Okay, so if you go to that, this, I did a message last year on managing your money and stewardship. And, and let me just tell you, the, the people that I know that are the most successful and that have passed on generational wealth to their children have, uh, have managed and stewarded their money well. We're going to do a, um, a financial peace group that's going to start right after the series, led by our own Nick Franken. I, I would recommend to be in it. Let me, uh, that was so good. Let me give you a couple of my, co uh, my favorite quotes. Live, live on less than you earn. I know, very deep, right? Live like you're making less. Give like you're making more. Also, uh, uh, Pastor Carol, Mitch, and Terry Connolly will be uh, leading a group called the Millionaire Next Door. I would be part of that group. I want to be part of that group. I want to, but then again, I want to be part of anything the Connollys do. Um, the Connollys are a great part of our marketplace, and I, I know a bunch of our marketplace people are right there. They're my favorite people in the world. If you guys are looking for someone to disciple you about finances, it's those uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, well, you're missing one. There's six in the front row, that row right there. The Conleys, the Lees, and the Crowders. So if you're looking for someone to mentor you on finances, they're the ones.
So um, uh, finally, uh, taking risk. Taking risk. There's a reason that taking risk is the last step. When we give sacrificially, when we work hard, when we're excellent and we live wise, and the opportunity then comes to take risk, we will begin to have the discernment to know what risk to take. With the help of the whole, we need the help no, at like no other time in history. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, I have, um, you know, Jen and I have like a playbook on taking risk. And, and, I, and one thing I'd like to share with you is like God will not have you take a risk that he has not provided for you uh, the capacity and the capabilities to do it. I am not going out and starting a candy store, okay? I have no idea about retail or candy. You know, funny story is Janet recently said, hey, I think you need to start an indoor pickleball court. And I'm like, babe, I do not need another business. She said, you'd be so good at it, you love pickleball. I said, I know, but I don't know anything about running a retail business. I'm not gonna do it. The risk that God has led me to take is typically been in with what, he's, what I've already been doing, going to another step. So like, don't run out and go do something that you've never done before because I, Pastor Mike said it on the, uh, from the pulpit, take risk. Do not go to Vegas and put it all on the black. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will show us what risk to take but it won't be uncalculated. And it has to be after we've committed to these other steps. Our culture today is, is very risk averse. As Christians, we cannot be risk averse. Don't, don't take risks that are detrimental to your family, like you're gonna put your whole family at risk, which I have done a couple times. I was gonna write a message the five biggest mistakes I may ever made. The problem was I couldn't stop at five. It was got to 10. <laughs> every, one of those, every one of those mistakes, I could, I could calculate it to this. There were times when Jen and I were in disagreement on something and I did it anyways. If you and your wife are not in agreement, then don't do it, period. Trust me, I've lost at least two or three fortunes. One time Janet's like, I, I, there was this like thing where it was like returning like 4% a month, right? I'm like, it looks so good. She's all, I don't feel right about it. I said, but look at the paperwork. She's like, no, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right to me, Mike. I did it anyways. Um, and then, uh, you know, the worst part about it is she got to go, I told you so. I don't know if that was worse than losing the money. So now our playbook is this. If we're not in agreement, we don't do it, period. There's power in agreement. God has given you your own built-in prayer partner with your spouse. So our playbook is this. Like, the Lord will show me something, and I'll come and talk to her about it. And her first thing will always be, have you prayed about it? And I'll, I'll go, yeah, I prayed about it. She might say, go pray about it some more. 
and then we'll pray about it together. And if it feels right to us and the Holy Spirit, then we do it. Matthew 25, verse, um, it, and I'd like you as homework to read the whole cha- uh, chapter. Will you, can, you, can you guys do some homework? Anybody do a little homework? I did homework last night. I watched um, Pastor Steve's message and I watched Pastor Jude's message for the last couple weeks. And, and um, I mean, nobody else was home. So, um, and, I, and I read through Pastor Steve's notes three times. I was like, I want to, like, they, these guys did great, man. I want to step up my game. And so in Matthew 25, so good, so rich on managing your finances and managing your life. And let me tell you, Matthew 25, let me just give you some context. Is Jesus is about ready to go to the cross. And, and so he takes uh, these parables and these stories and, and he's teaching us. And what he's trying to teach us is if we can't be good with financial things, how can we be trusted with spiritual things? In Matthew 25, and I've read this so many times, and I recently saw something in it, and you know, and um, I'm just gonna uh, give you some context and paraphrases. Uh, the master's going on a trip, and he entrusts some finances to three of his servants. One he gives five. One he gives two and one he gives one, two. And it says, according to their ability. But as I studied this, it wasn't that one was better. It just was one had managed one for longer. So he had proven to be responsible. So God entrusted him with more. One, five, one, two, and one, one. And the one with five, he goes and he quickly doubles the money. And so does her one with two. And the Lord comes back to both of them and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been, you've been uh, trustworthy with this. Now come be my partner. God wants to partner with us, but we got to give up something to partner with. In Matthew, it talks about Peter when uh, when he comes out of his comfort zone, he's in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water towards him. And Peter cries out to Jesus and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me and I'll come out on the water. See, Peter recognized the voice of Jesus. To get to where God's calling us to be as a church, we have to recognize the voice of Jesus like no other time, other time before in our history. And the only way you could recognize his voice is to spend time with him. The more time you spend with Jesus, the better. If something is super risky, more time with Jesus. So the one servant that was given a thousand, it says the servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. 
It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you not do at least the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where I would at least have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risks the most. And get rid of this, play it safe, who won't go out on a limb, throw him into utter darkness. And as I was studying this, the Lord showed me something. See, the one that he gave five to and the one he gave two, they knew the master. The one that he had given one, he did not know the character of the master. And when we get to know the character of the master, then it positions us to step out of our comfort zone and see God do something so supernatural in our lives. You know, we, I, I shared about this job I have in Marina Del Rey. And, um, but uh, 23 years ago, I got the opportunity to do this um, bigger contract. And it, it, was, it was twice as big as anything I'd ever done before. Um, I had just had like a victory and uh, I had felt some confidence. And so, um, you know, I, I heard of these jobs and there were six jobs. And I heard this owner had these six jobs. And, you know, I, so I reached out to him and I said, hey, I heard you have six jobs and I'd like to do one. And I, I had just finished one similar to that. And he's like, hey, I already have a contractor doing the work. And I said, um, you know, I, I'd really like to do the work for you. And he said, you know, I have somebody, uh, but please stay in touch with me. I went back and I prayed about it and I really felt like the Lord said, these are your jobs. I called him a couple weeks ago and he, a couple weeks later and he said, hey, I already have somebody, but thanks for calling. I called a couple weeks later, I was not going to quit. He said, now I'm starting to upset him, right? He's all right, I already have someone. I, I remember like sitting at my desk uh, in my office. Can you, can you put a picture, the picture of my office up there? This was my office at the time. And this was my second office. My first one was my grandma's sunroom that was below grade that when it rained, the carpet got all mushy. I remember when I moved in here, I was so happy. It had like one little office, it had a yard for my stuff. You know, then a psychic moved next door, which was weird. And the psychic, I remember him going like this, hey, do you know who's parked in my parking spot? And I'm like, don't you know? You're the psychic. I remember sitting at my desk in here and praying, God, show me what to do. And so I wrote out a fax and this was before email, I'm sorry. Look it up again on Wikipedia. But I wrote out a fax and it said, this is, this is Mike, I'm Mike Rovner. And um, if you get into any trouble on your jobs, please call me. At the time, as the story goes, he, this director of construction was in his office with the vice president and the first contractor had started to fail on the job and through the fax machine. 
This is Mike Rovner. If you get into any trouble on any of your jobs, call me and let me know. I met with them. Um, you know, I went over everything with them. Um, they decided they were going to give me a contract. And uh, he gives me this contract. He goes, hey, um, you're going to have to have uh, your attorney look at this. And I'm like, okay. I didn't have an attorney. <laughs> the, the crazy thing now is I have like 12 attorneys, right? <laughs> and some of my days are always on attorney calls, right? And I'm like this, I hate attorneys. They don't do anything. They just write complicated stuff that I have to hire another attorney to interpret. I'm sorry if you're an attorney. I hired this attorney and he looked at it and he said, I would not sign this contract. I would not do it. I went back and I asked Janet and I said, honey, what do you think I should do? And she goes, who are you gonna believe? Who are you gonna trust? Do you trust God or do you trust the attorney? I said, honey, I trust God. She goes, go back, he's working for you. I go, yeah, I guess he is. <laughs> I went back to him and I said, hey, it's not your job to tell me what to do. It's your job to tell me what the risk is. It's my job to hear from God and do it or not. <laughs> Sign the contract against the advice of counsel. Started working on it and they're like, hey, uh, we have this next job coming up and it's between you and this other contractor and um, he has way more, uh, he has way more history with us and uh, he, you know, like he has way more resources. So we're, we're probably going with him. There's a chance we go with you, but most likely we're gonna go with him. It just, this next job is in a very prestigious area and it's, it's literally, you know, like our crown jewel and probably not gonna trust you. I worked so hard on that job. I had my John Maxwell leadership Bible. I'm reading Proverbs every day. I'm trying to put into practice what I'm learning in here. Over communicate. Be fair. I just, everything I was trying to, everything I was learning, I would take and put it into practice. So, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the job, they call me in and they're like, first of all, you really surprised us. We didn't, and my whole career, people have been saying that, okay? I mean, for 20 years, people would come up to me and say, you know, when I think of you, I think of that scripture and I go, I know what it is. God will take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Probably 50 people told me that. Now people just go, will you give me some wisdom? So they, they called me and they said, hey, we're gonna give you this next job. And uh, I was very surprised. <laughs> the next job was in Marina Del Rey. And I've been working in Marina Del Rey for 22 years. And so this job that I'm doing now is 
50 times the size of that job. 50. And, and that job, I just, they, they put some pressure on me. They said, it's gotta be perfect. And so I, I did my best to make it perfect. And this is what I could find what happened. 80% of every job I've done in the last 22 years are directly connected to that job in Marina Del Rey which is cool. But the cooler part is we've been able to send missionaries into the mission field. We've been able to build multiple churches. And it would have never happened if I didn't take that risk. And I don't know what risk God's calling you to take. Maybe this is the first year that you become a tither. Maybe this is the year that you get that, uh, that certificate for your job so you could be promoted. Maybe God's calling you to a different position. There's a risk that God's calling you to take. I don't know what it is, but we need to hear his voice like never before. If you're in the marketplace, will you stand up? Will you stand up if you're in the market? If you have a job, Jesus. Thank you, God. Steve Campos, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you, Steve Campos. Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the great people of the City Church. I thank you in this season, they would hear your voice like never before. And they and they hear his voice and they recognize it's him. Like Peter who jumped out of his comfort, who stepped out of the boat, which represent, represented his comfort zone. And he went to the voice of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, your sheep hear your voice and they know it's you. God, I just declare a blessing over the people of the city church. I bless their finances. I bless their job. I thank you for a spirit of creativity. God, I thank you for wisdom for this season. Supernatural wisdom. Supernatural creativity. God, I thank you for supernatural networking and divine appointments. Your gift makes room for you, City Church, and be, brings you across the path of great men. Jesus. God, I thank you, God, even in this next week, something would happen so supernaturally in their job that they would say, wow, God, wow, wow. God, and I just bless them in Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.